and welcome to another edition of UnkView. Coming at you today with a new show concept. We're really excited to start it. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime or climb. If you've listened to previous episodes, <laughs> we're not sure which he is. But my, my partner, my nephew, Chicagoan Brendan Lemon. Brendan, are you with us this morning? Hey, can you hear me? I'm, uh, I'm here. Uh, no, I can't hear you. Are you there? Yeah. Really? Because I can't what? hear you. Are you there? Oh, come on. All right, quit it. <laughs> All right, enough of this chicanery. I just wanted to do that so that I could say the word <laughs> chicanery because chicanery? that's one of my favorite words. Is that words. your word yeah. of the day toilet paper today? Is that where that? What that uh, I've never heard of that. Never heard of it. Don't want to hear any more about it. But today, we're, as I mentioned a second ago, we are starting a, um, a new concept. And it's called the Unkview Blindside. And the way this works, again, we've talked before in our inaugural episode about how we pride ourselves on being spontaneous and unscripted and unrehearsed, which, of course, yep. is simply a cover for our lack of talent and preparation. Uh, but but we, today what we're going to do is we're going to blindside each other with topics. We have no idea, and we swear to God on the, you know, on the Quran or the Bible or whatever you swear on. Um, yep. that we really truly God delusion. Right. Well, we're, we really truly don't know. The other person doesn't know what's coming. So let's just jump right into it. We're going to take turns trying to like, catch each other off guard or just really get deep into, um, you know, whatever our true honest thoughts are on, on some topics. So first I want to start, Brennan, I'm going to start. What is your stimulant yep. protocol? What is your stimulant protocol? What do you do on a daily basis to or maybe you don't have any, um, in terms of yeah. caffeine or five hour energy, whatever. What do you do every day? What do I do to get going? I drink a, a really unhealthy amount of coffee. It's just the, the the quickest answer to that question. I'm I'm up in the morning, I'm drinking uh at least at least three to four cups pretty early and more like probably about eight cups over the entire course of the morning. So I'm I am, I'm riddled with, with caffeine. Uh, and I do the same thing that you used to do. I take the, I get the shot of espresso in the coffee because the, a coffee by itself is not strong enough for me. I need concentrated coffee within my coffee in order to deliver the maximum amount of coffeeness to my, uh, system in the morning. <laughs> and it, you know what? It's getting even worse because we just, uh, I say we, uh, I mean, my girlfriend, Gloria, and I just made a bunch of cold brew coffee, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's the coffee that you make, you just leave it in, it's not hot brewed. You don't pour hot water through it and make it in the morning. You just leave it in a jar overnight. You can take coffee grounds and pour it in this big jar with a bunch of water in it. And then you just strain out all of the coffee grounds like the next morning. And it, it's way more caffeinated. And now when I even have a sip of that in the morning, it's just, it's like, it's like mainlining. I might as well be doing that is what I'm trying to tell you. I might as well be doing crushed up, you know, Ritalin pills or something like that. Well, that's interesting. Um, well, one, it's great that you're, you know, that you're achieving maximum coffeeness too. I guess I guess you've stopped doing meth because I thought you know I thought in previous <laughs> conversations you had been doing meth and I was very proud of you for that. Well, I've um, stopped I'll, I'll, in a lot of gay clubs. 
Well, that's a separate topic. We'll get to that on another day or perhaps later in this call. But uh, that's interesting. That I don't know if I ever told you this, but you know, my answer to that question is I, uh, I, I'm back on Red Bull. I had, I had been sort of into Red Bull for a while. Uh, I, just like you as, you, already, as you already stated, I used to be way into coffee to the point where uh, you can actually Google this and see it, that at one point, by the measure used by a, a social media guy, I don't know, actually know what his title is, but he's sort of a famous dude named Brian Solis. Do you know who that is? No, 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 I don't know. Well, he's, actually, I don't know what his title is, but he's, he's a social media monster of some variety. And right there, it shows you the lack of preparation that we do that I don't even know who <laughs> the person is that I'm bringing up myself. But if you Google Brian Solis Starbucks, what you'll find is a blog post that he wrote a couple of years ago. God, now it's probably five years ago. But he ranked the, the top um, uh, Starbucks people on the web in terms of you know, how much they talked and posted about Starbucks. And I believe I was number 29 in the world at that time. Oh, so, my gosh. So that's how into Starbucks I was. In fact, there was a period of, in my life where I was going, I was routinely going to Starbucks three different times per day. And the final statement I'll make here is that I, um, I, you, you worked for me in the office yeah. uh, where, yeah. where Professional One is located, and you know that it's right across the street from a Starbucks. And one of the reasons that we chose that location was for exactly that reason. So I used to be way into Starbucks. Now I'm back on Red Bull. And um, I'll talk about other things related to this in, our, in a future episode I call Adderall or Nothing. Uh, but we'll <laughs> save that for later. So, so that's it? Just I coffee? Just, well, yeah, just coffee. I mean, it's a lot of coffee. Sometimes I switch to tea if I start getting too much of a coffee belly. Meaning, like that, that that acidity sometimes gets to me after a while in the morning. But yeah, that's about it. I just do a lot of coffee, and um, I, you know, it probably would be good at different times. I've weaned myself off of it, and intelligently, my girlfriend goes on and off of coffee. Like one week a month, she'll do no coffee, and then by the time she gets back on it, it's effective again. I tried mm-hmm. that once. I was up to a, you know, when I was working from home. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. When I was working from home after, boy, after college, and I was doing sort of the independent sales thing that I was that I was doing for a little while. I was up to two pots of French uh, pressed coffee a day, and that is like the. It's it's similar to this cold brew. It's just it's coffee grounds that are pressed. Um, they're kept in the coffee so it's just continuously sort of it's not like dripped through it's like soaking in the coffee grounds and it's like mainlining coffee i mean it's like really it's like really heavy and i say that only because i was up to two pots of that a day which by the way is terrible for you because all of the oils that are in the coffee get into the water and then get in your body and you shouldn't be drinking that much of it because it actually can cause your cholesterol to rise. I didn't know that, but we, we typically get that absorbed by the paper filter. This is super not interesting, I'm sure, to anybody listening. The point that I was going to make, though, is that as soon as I tried to wean off of the coffee, I cut cold turkey, and I, I was so lethargic for probably four days. I just couldn't think straight. I was tired all the time. I couldn't get anything done for about four days because I was just 
it was like coming off of a, because it was, it's coming off of a drug, a stimulant drug. Right, right. No, and, and it, it, it's wild because like I said, I, I was so into it. And then one day I just lost my taste for coffee. And it's the strangest thing because it wasn't intentional. I, I, I just, I just lost my taste for it and I stopped well, drinking it. That's just a change that men your age go through, I think, right? Right, exactly, exactly. But it, it was really weird because I truly made no effort to do it. And I, I uh, waited, I don't know, it's now been well over a year that, that that happened. And and at one point, you know, I don't know, maybe a month or two after I quit, I thought, well, I just want to have a cup just to see what it'll be like. Like, you know, will I instantly get pulled back into it or will I find it repulsive or what? And I couldn't believe it. It was, I, it was just terrible. I mean, I couldn't believe that I ever enjoyed it. Much like smoking, because as you'll remember, um, and we didn't hang out that much at the time because of your age, but I used to smoke. And I smoked for, yeah. I mean, like yeah. 20 years. And it's now I been... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and it's now been, well, maybe that's an exaggeration, but let's say at least 15 years. And it's now been about 15 years since I quit. And a very similar thing where, you know, once you get past, once you get out of a habit, particularly if it's a bad habit that truly was unhealthy, and your body mm-hmm. sort of, you know, regenerates or does whatever it does, and you go back and try that thing that at the time you were doing it didn't feel, didn't feel toxic at all. Um, yeah. And how suddenly it is just the most, like cigarette smoking. I can't even, you know, I can't even stand to be around it at all. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just so repulsive to me. Yeah. Um, so, um, so that's, uh, I think we probably killed that topic. So let's move on to, yeah, the, that was I my first topic. topic. <laughs> um, what, uh, what one would you like to discuss? Here's the one that I want to throw out there and it's kind of a, it's a dual topic. And I know this one will, we will get a lot of mileage out of it. <laughs> that's a pun coming me because we're talking about, I want to talk about people not being aware of cyclists and motorcycles on the road. Mm. Uh, that is people driving in cars or just pedestrians who are not aware of cyclists or motorcyclists. Uh, so I live in Chicago, and just to set this up, I was I was, pardon me, riding my bike down Clark, which is uh, right by uh, the Wrigley Field, and I was going through a green light. I had the right of way, and as I went through the intersection, somebody pulled a left hand turn and almost hit me, and I had to swerve to avoid them. And when I swerved, and we made eye contact. The person in the car's reaction to me was like, why are you in my way? Rather than, oh my God, I almost hit this guy. And in a city like Chicago, which is normally pretty good, I mean, but people are pretty used to cyclists here. I was kind of amazed that the, I mean, look, it could have been that person could have had any kind of reaction. It was only a split second I was passing them. But I think you get the idea, which is like, you know, I had to right away. I'm supposed to be operating on the road. And that's just indicative of, I think, a lot of stuff that takes place with drivers and just not being aware of, of cyclists. Uh, and I got to imagine for someone like you who rides uh, the motorcycle a lot and who also cycles quite a bit, um, that's got to, you've got to have that happen to you as well. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Incredibly so. In fact, um, I was just telling somebody this not long ago because the last three summers, not including this one, but the previous three before this one, 
I really got heavily into bicycling. I ended up buying a pretty good quality bike last year. And Mm -hmm. uh, my typical ride is, you know, 20 to 25 miles. And I was doing that, say, four or five times a week. And I'm not exaggerating. I had a close call every single time I went out. And you have to keep in mind that every time, uh, sometimes multiple times, sometimes so close that, you know, I really, it's a wonder to me that I never had a major incident because I never did. Uh, I had a couple of accidents, but the worst one I ever had was actually my own fault. Uh, there was no other car involved, which so that's I won't even talk about that. But uh, yeah. yeah, of course, it it all ties back to people being distracted while driving. You know, it's almost always somebody looking at a cell phone, and yeah. um, uh, it got so bad for me on the bicycle that I <laughs> it, I feel badly admitting this out loud, but it's just the truth is that I I became very angry about it and w- went almost I became proactive in looking for um, close calls, uh, almost manufacturing them myself, specifically to try to wake drivers up so that I would yell at them or, 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 or a couple times I actually, you know, I, I, I kind of faked running into them, you know, where I actually hit them, but, but yeah. I was controlling the whole thing so that, you know, I yeah, knew yeah, nothing, was yeah, gonna, yeah. nothing bad was going to happen. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and then I'll, I'll, I'll take a break and let you respond here in just a second. But, and then the, the other key observation I've made, and again, knocking on fake wood, uh, is I feel incredibly relatively safer on a motorcycle than I ever did on a bicycle. And the reason for that, really? I believe, yeah, the reason for that, I've got several, several uh, theories. One is the particular motorcycle I have, which is a BMW S1000R, is notorious because of its exhaust note. It is an exceptionally loud bike, and it, the, the exhaust sounds incredible. In fact, it's almost it. too loud. Like I've, it's, it's, It wears on you. But the point is that you can't not be aware of it. Like Even when you're in a car with your windows Got rolled it. up, like I see people, they're just very aware that you're there. And when I'm riding along and pedestrians, you know, I'd ride past pedestrians, almost, I'd say close to 100% of the people will turn and look back before I even get parallel to them as if to say, what the fuck is that? So that's the first yeah. factor. And then the other thing is just the, the level of control you have on a motorcycle is so much greater than on a bike. You know, the fact that you can speed up or slow down so quickly, uh, the brakes yep. on the typical motorcycle on mine in particular are amazing. And, you know, the, my motorcycle yep. is 160 horsepower. So I can go from, you know, 40 to 80 in like 1.2 seconds. So you can just navigate around, but it really is a problem. I mean, have you, how, how many, how many close calls have you had and how much do you ride? Oh, I ride all the time. I ride almost every oh, do you? on the, on, on my, yeah, on my bike. And I mean, I have a, you know, I have a road bike that I've been, riding for many years and I wouldn't say something happens every time I go out because I go out all the time. And I mean, part of just, you know, being on the road is that you have to navigate things like, you know, potholes and and different things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's always a negotiation in terms of you got to be on the ball. Like I can't, can't ride on a bicycle and, and kind of zone out or something like that. I have to, I have to kind of be on my toes, so to speak. Um, but it's probably once a week, I would say is something that is like, Oh, if I wasn't paying attention, uh, you would have thrown your car door open and I would have gotten doored or, 
Or if I wasn't paying attention and slammed on my brakes, you'd have made a right-hand turn right in front of me into into the yeah. road. And this is, by the way, in broad daylight. On um, you know, it's not in the middle of the night, and I'm wearing black coming on the street on a bike bike without any reflectors on it. It's it's broad daylight. I mean, there's no it, there's almost no excuse. And I think it's just that people people just don't they they just don't pay attention. I think that they think. Uh, they think about what they're doing and they're focused in and same thing. Like they're on their phone. Like you had mentioned, they're on their phone, they're texting, they're doing whatever. The biggest one though, the biggest one that really is dangerous is people not using turn signals. And oh, yeah. so the study recently came out and this is, I guess related because I almost got in an accident on the bike uh, last week because somebody didn't use a turn signal and turned right in front of me without a signal and I almost ran into them and they, you know, they do things like slam on their brakes because they're turning uh, while I'm right behind them. They do things like turning out in front of me. So the study that came out recently though showed that uh, not using turn signals is almost twice as dangerous as texting while driving. We all know how dangerous texting while driving is, but not signaling to other drivers what you're about to do is almost twice as dangerous as that. And I can completely appreciate that, but there are so many people who don't use turn signals ever. And they're just they're just going around, I guess, lucky that they're not injuring other people in the world. It just it drives me nuts, man. Like people are just so focused on their own fucking little, you know, whatever they're wherever they're going for whatever they're doing, and they don't know that they could just turn and, and seriously alter the course of their and someone else's life. Oh yeah, and and I I agree with you. And I've you know just to amplify your point, there was a study that showed that um, texting and driving is the equivalent of having had four drinks on average. Oh my god! You know, imagine imagine the average person with four drinks in their system. I mean, it's it's a big deal. And and again, I can't recall too many instances that were I had close calls where a cell phone wasn't somehow involved, whether it was, actually, I'm sorry, I misspoke a second ago. It wasn't texting and driving. It was just talking on the phone and driving. But to me, those are, you know, they're in the same league, um, although texting and driving actually is probably far worse because it forces you to look down. But, oh, yeah, yeah the, 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 the lack of turn signal epidemic is out of control, and I don't even have a theory for it. I think it's just one of those things where, um habits just sort of happen in, 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 in large populations where people just, for whatever reason, just kind of stop doing it. And then other people are like, fuck it. If you're not going to use them, I won't either. And yeah. it really is crazy. I, I Related to this, I had a, something happen the other day while I was driving my car. And I was driving in a, a four-lane situation, you know, a surface street with, it was on Haggerty. I mean, you know Haggerty. It's one of the busiest uh, surface streets in Metro Detroit. And oh, yeah. there are two lanes going north and two lanes going south. I was traveling in the uh, the slow lane um, southbound. It doesn't matter which direction, but I'm traveling in the slow lane going very fast with a bunch mm-hmm. of other cars that are going very fast. There's a woman in the other lane traveling south, the fast lane, and she starts to slow down. And again, I'm in, she's sort of by herself in the lane, and there's a bunch of cars. I'm sort of in the middle of this row of cars that are passing her yep. on the right as she starts to decelerate, she's not using her brakes, 
and she's not signaling. I don't, you know, as I, as I start to pass her, I'm thinking, lady, what are you doing? And then, um, like once I cleared her, she then whipped across behind me in the gap between me and the car behind me. And the car behind me was traveling at about the same speed I was. That car uh, behind me had to brake hard as she just whipped through that gap into a parking lot, you know, into a parking lot of like, you know, of a bed, bath and beyond. Uh, And I thought, that's just nuts. It's like to make that maneuver in that fashion, you took everybody behind you's life into your own hands. And I see that kind of stuff. Not to mention whoever you also have in your own car. Right. Exactly. But yeah, it's a problem. Toilet seat lid from Bed Bath & Beyond. Exactly. Um, and, and the final comment I'll make here, and then you can, you can wrap this point up, is um, uh, the, worst thing, the worst thing I've seen ever related to this topic is in downtown Plymouth, where you used to live, where I still live, I once was uh, just walking my dog, and there was a line of cars that was sitting at a red light. And I could see as I approached that there was some teenage girl, the first vehicle, in the line of cars at the red light and she was looking down and texting on her phone. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to stop right now and I'm going to watch and see what happens here. I'm just curious because I could also see that the person behind the first car was also looking down at their phone. And so I just kind of slowed down and I ended up standing right next to the first car at the red light. I'm just on the sidewalk next to it. Light turns green. Girl is still looking down and texting. Light's still green. She's still looking down and texting. I keep thinking, I mean, I don't recall how many cars there were. I want to say there were at least four. So there's the first car texting, the second car texting, and two cars that were, you know, I wasn't really looking at them. I don't know what they were doing. But the light cycled through completely, completely. It went from red, um, pardon me, from green to yellow and back to red, and none of those cars moved forward. And none of those cars (laughs) honked because... I'm guessing maybe all four of them. What was going on? <laughs> maybe all four of them were texting. I don't know, but uh, as oh as uh, as I crossed the street in front of that car, because when the light changed, that gave me the ability to cross. I literally looked into that first car and said something to her like, "Maybe you should pay attention." And she looked at me, looked up at me, and gave me this nasty look. Like I'm not even sure she realized that she went through a whole light cycle and missed it and and didn't move forward. To me, that's yeah. crazy. I've actually seen that other times too. Like I've seen light cycle yeah. through with nobody going through. It's crazy. It's crazy how influenced we are by our technology. And I get it. You know, uh, I mean, I'm pissed off about it, but I totally understand it. It's so weird because this is like a twofer almost because it's, it, or a threefer maybe, because not only can we now talk about texting and driving, uh, because we were talking about people not paying attention to cyclists. But we're also now can talk about weird kind of, I love that you said, hey, maybe you should pay attention next time. And she gave you a nasty look. Like, it's just because this is what's so weird about this, like, culture. It's the same thing where I pass this person who, uh, you, know, you know, who almost hits me and they give me a look like, what are you doing here? And it's just, you know, just the same thing. This guy who almost turns into me, like I said before, with uh, didn't use the turn signal. I catch up to this guy at the next stoplight and I go, Hey, you almost hit me. And this guy looks, gives me this weird look like, what are you, why are you talking to me? 
And it's so strange. Like, like it's your fault for pointing out that someone else is being an idiot. Like that's, you know what I mean? People have to go behind this girl and this guy almost hits me. And it's almost like the person who just brings it up. Now you're the bad guy because well, actually, you just brought up how someone else is being an idiot. Lashley, let's, let's segue into that because I think that's worth talking about. We've come this far with this. Let's keep going. And, and this will yeah. be my next point. My, my next um, blindside point, which isn't much of a blindside since we're talking about it, but anyway, is what I'll call our culture of irresponsibility because I really believe we have reached a level of personal irresponsibility that, you know, uh, to remind our listeners, I'm a lot older than you are. And, you know, I, and I hate when people my age say shit like this, but, you know, it's just true. Sometimes you just, you just have to say this is that things really yeah. have changed. And, when I was younger, uh, I'm not saying I, I wasn't, you know, actually, I think I was, a, I was a way worse kid than most kids these days, but in a whole different yeah. way. I was just evil. I was just, you know, I hung out with people who ended up in prison and did some really bad things in terms of crime. I mean, I, I did a lot of bad shit because I hung out with a bad crowd, but I was super polite. <laughs> I was super <laughs> polite to, 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 my, to my elders. I really was. I mean, they had no idea what I was doing. Um, and, and I was respectful and courteous to, you know, to my friend's parents, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, I, and I yeah. actually took personal responsibility because I actually got caught doing a couple of those really bad things. And I took responsibility. I didn't blame anybody else. I didn't, you know, I didn't say it was my circumstances or that somebody yeah, else talked me into a lot it. of it. Yeah. No, yeah. I just took it like a, like a man. And what, I, what I really truly feel is happening in our culture today is just the opposite of that, where there's an excuse for everything. And, uh, it's always the other guy's fault, like the example you gave. And, um, you know, it's your people, you know, black people are blaming white people, white people are blaming black people. Uh, you know, I'm blaming Obama. You're blaming oh, yeah. somebody else. And, you know, it's just, I, I just feel that we've, we're, we, we've just lost this sense of personal responsibility and accountability. And it really does relate to these other things because, like you said, guy almost hits you. And then when you say something to him, He's got an attitude, and I had—I can give you countless examples of the exact same thing with me. Where I—I I mean, I have yelled into somebody's open car window as I'm on my bicycle, <laughs> literally three feet from them. Yelled, you know, <laughs> "Fuck you!" as loud as I could yell it. And oh I mean, I've gosh. done that a bunch of times because it just pisses me off. Because you can just see the person just had no sense of wrong, but no sense of doing anything wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, it. That's how, that doesn't surprise me at all that you that you <laughs> you've done that. <laughs> oh, a bunch of times. You would. I wish that you just had a. You need a, a camera crew to just follow you around and film this kind of stuff, and we could just do a a compilation of <laughs> of just Michael McClure's best shouty moments. <laughs> just oh, there's a bunch of them. Well, it's interesting because you're yeah. the you're the third person yeah, to say that. You're the third person with that idea in the past week <laughs> that, I, that, that I should just record myself in my life because I'm, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I'm a dick is what I am. I really am a total yeah. dick in real life and I'm constantly, you know, having conflict with people and yeah. I, uh, I just, people just piss me off constantly, you know, I, they just, I do. just get so. I just get so angry at people too, and I know we're kind of getting off of the t the, the the point of the show here because we're we're not doing this like we're not exactly jumping right from the next one to the next one. But right. I want to mention this. I just get so I'm just so mad. I've been 
tightly wound a lot in the last three weeks just because of a lot of stuff that was going on. And so uh, my girlfriend wanted to go to, this is just a side story, wanted to go to Taste of Chicago, which is a big event that goes on in Grant Park. Uh, it's right downtown, you know, in the center of the loop in Chicago, basically. It's right on the lake. It's just, you know, it's gorgeous. There's a ton of food from all the best restaurants in Chicago, and you got to buy these tickets. And it's free to get into, but you buy these tickets, you give them a few tickets to get some food at different places, you know. You get a taste of all of these good restaurants. It's a really fun event. And then on top of that, there's like a lot of bands that play there. And so Shaky Graves and the Decemberists, which are two of Gloria's favorite bands, were playing. And she wanted to go see them on Friday. And for someone who really likes people and likes being around people, uh, I fucking hate crowds. I can't stand them. I feel like it's Thank a, you. all of the... It's and here's what I think it is. I think that uh, the way that I described it to her is she's an introvert, and I think is actually very good in crowds because I think it, you know, crowds can be very alienating. And I think to maybe someone who's introverted, it gives the feeling of I'm, you know, I'm I'm just hanging out here and there's all these people, which is nice, but like I can kind of just focus on my own experience, and and that's just great. And for the extrovert. It's it's just that it can be like a nightmare because you're like, I don't know anybody. I don't know these people. They don't know me. I don't understand why I'm, no one's talking to me. I don't get it. They, all these people are around me. I don't know any of them. They don't know me and no one's talking and they don't know me. And that's essentially what my inner monologue is doing that entire time. So I've just kind of turned into this like angry at person, at people person. When I'm like sit, waiting in line and I know I'm like totally rambling, by the way, but I want to get through this story because it's just so ridiculous i was so angry the whole time she got to the let me back up she got to the concert before me and i had to go let i was dog sitting on friday and she got to the concert first and just said hey i'm gonna go in and pick a spot on the lawn totally reasonable you know there's no reason she should have to wait for an additional 30 minutes outside of two watching two of her favorite bands to you know just because i was letting a dog out but for some reason, this entire, I just knew that this was going to drive me nuts. Like, I'm just going to go wait in line and get pissed off standing around all these troglodytes who are on their phones in the hot weather, who are just saying these dumb things to one another and with by myself until and then I have to go wander into this, you know, concert venue area and just look like a lost child looking for his, you know, his parents somewhere. And, you know, I knew that, and I just got so furious about it. Ugh, that's it. There's no great punchline to that story. That's the I whole story. That, that's the whole story, man. That's it. I wish I had a good <laughs> ending. Like I had to punch somebody, or like I, sh- the the real ending to that story is I showed up and she had a beer waiting for me because she's a wonderful girlfriend, and I went from wanting <clears> to choke someone to feeling totally fine within five minutes. I mean, that's the whole punchline of the story, but. You get to what I'm saying. I hate this is all this anger from people coming up. You know what I mean? Like you're just surrounded by all these people and they're, they're just, they're being super, you know, human unaccommodating to one another. And they're talking on their phones loudly and they're saying dumb things to one another and they're cutting in line. That was the other big one. They're cutting in fucking line. I'm waiting in line and this this family just walks up in front of me and, and the line is like around the block to like get into this event because it's free and all these people are lined up and there's clearly a line. And I said to these people, Hey, uh, you know, the line begins back there. And then they acted like, Oh, uh, Oh, we didn't, 
Oh, we did. Oh, okay. And I'm like, you fucking knew. You knew what you were doing. You wanted to slip into this line and think that nobody was going to say anything to you. And then I pointed it out. And now you're acting kind of like, oh, I'm innocent, but I'm actually angry at you. Uh, and then we get to the front of the line. I swear to God, I'll stop this story in a moment. And the line was just for the bag check. So I get, I've been waiting in line for like 30 minutes. And we get to the front of it. And then this police officer says to me, do you have any bags? And I go, no. And he goes, oh, you can just go in. <laughs> so like, you, waited in line, you waited in line unnecessarily, you're saying? Yeah, for 30 minutes. Because oh my I, God. It, it was just a bag check line. And there was no sign or anything. or Nobody said a thing. He just went, oh, yeah, you can just go in. And I was like, okay. are you, are you kidding? Oh, well, I, oh, I was furious. I'm, 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 I'm sort of loosely writing the blog post that's going to accompany this show when we put it on the website. And this part of the show is going to be called Brendan is Stupid. <laughs> Just FYI. All right. So, um, but, but really uh, responding to that, I've had that problem forever. You know, that problem of not liking to be in crowds and not liking to be around a bunch of people. And, you know, I'm a classic, I'm a classic introvert slash extrovert. There's a type of introvert that is actually very extroverted at times. Mm. That's me. Mm. You know, I really enjoy my own company. I'm never, I'm never lonely. I'm never bored. I could be alone for long stretches of time. Um, uh, and, and I'm perfectly content with that. And then when I get out in the world, there are times when I love being around other people. It just depends upon who they are. And uh, yeah, yeah if, it's just the, if it's just the, you know, the faceless masses at a, you know, uh, pick, pick name of, you know, at a cool and the gang, you know, revival <laughs> concert or something like that, then, yeah, my fuse is going to be so short that it'll take nothing to piss me off. And yeah, just the people stumbling around half drunk and all, all the incessant use of cell phones, it's just out of control. I never, ever, I mean, never, never use my cell phone in public. If you can produce a person, a person that I don't know, who I wasn't with, for example, who can say that yeah. they heard me talking on a cell phone, I will give them $1,000 because I just don't do it, because I just know what it looks like, and I hate standing. The worst is standing in line where somebody is on a phone right in front of you or right behind you, just talking directly oh, yeah. into your ear. And you turn yep. and stare at them, and they just either they legitimately are that blind to what's going on around them that they don't get it, or they see you and just don't give a fuck. I mean, again, that's where the personal responsibility. We're a rude culture. I mean, I know we have a whole entire show we're going to be talking about this topic, but we yep. are just we have we have become a rude culture. And in fact, let's get out of this topic because I don't want to, I think we've gotten, yeah, we'll, we've gotten, we'll, we'll, gotten a little bit dark here. Yeah, we will, yeah. we will dogpile it. That is for but, sure. But, but I have another, I know, I know that this, my last topic, the last topic was sort of mine, but not really because I was extending yours. So I got, I got another topic for you and Go that's ahead. this, and it's a perfect segue and it's a real segue is you had the, you had the um, wonderful opportunity to live in Paris on a couple of different occasions. Uh, the first time you were working at the U.S. Embassy in Paris, which we talked about yep. a little bit in yep. our inaugural show. But, yep. you know, so you, yep. and you've spent real time there. I don't, I don't recall how much time you've spent in total of there, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's maybe close to a year or something. But, so you have mm -hmm. real experience living in a foreign country. Compare and contrast what you experienced in that country, which again was France, with what we see here in America. I mean, are, are, are French people 
more polite publicly? I mean, just just give me your views on Americans versus French. Yeah. You, so here's the thing. Before I even do that, I I'll say this, which is you, Germans and French are, are so the French are not necessarily more polite. Um, they, I think they're, they are in a way, and I'll get into that in a second. But what I think is really interesting and relevant to just what we're talking about is that the difference in general is that Germans and French both have no problem telling you that what you're doing is not, uh, is, is not appropriate or is outside of some kind of etiquette. They don't, they don't mind. It, there's no, they have no problem telling you that you're doing something wrong. And they don't say it with any kind of weird shaming involved necessarily. Um, and let me, let me give you an example. Um, I, I know this is slightly not exactly in the spirit of the way you asked the question, but I think it's relevant to the discussion. I was in uh, Germany and I was taking this train back from this town called Reilingen. Um, I was going from Reilingen to Hockenheim, which is kind of in the uh, sort of the Heidelberg area of Germany. Hockenheim? Kind of like the Rhineland. Hockenheim? Is it, isn't that kind of in Hockenheim. the back of your throat? <laughs> Yeah, Hockenheim. Um, that's the maneuver that someone uses to try the Hockenheim maneuver to try to yes. lodge food in someone's <laughs> someone's esophagus in that part um, of Germany. Exactly. Yeah, only in that part of Germany. Uh, the Hockenheim maneuver. <laughs> anyway, I'm on this train, and it's we're taking this train back. And I'm, by the way, I've had a few drinks, and I'm coming back with this friend of mine. And I'm just on this train and we're being um, kind of drunk and loud. And I just put my feet up on this chair across from me. I mean, it's a seat. You know what I mean? I'm sitting on a seat and I put my feet up on the seat across from me just to be comfortable. And then this guy walks over and he just goes, uh, he says something in German and I don't, I just kind of look at him and then he goes, uh, you are American? And I said, yes. And he goes, uh, it would be, you do not, one does not put their feet on the seat in front of them. On the train, also, you should quiet down. This is a train full of people who are all reading. And I just went, oh, I'm sorry. And I put my feet down and quieted down. And then he just went and sat down in a seat. And I was like, oh, he doesn't work for the train. That's just a guy. <laughs> like, that's just a guy on the train who's in- enforcing the cultural norms of German trains. He just noticed that I was being a dick and not really abiding by the rules of the train. And he took it upon himself to correct my behavior by telling me that I was behaving improperly. And then he went and sat back down and he didn't have a, I mean, and the way he said it was, you know, German. So it was obviously slightly threatening, but he didn't say it with any kind of, you know, he wasn't like, Hey asshole, you're fucking up and I'm right and you're wrong and you should need to feel ashamed. He just was like, oh, you don't, uh, by the way, in, tra- in German trains, you just don't do those things. Thank you. And then he went and sat down and that was it. But they have no problem doing that kind of thing because here's, here's the, the difference culturally between sort of America and the continent of Europe and that in the United States, we have this idea that other people are innocent. Um, and if you, and I think this is relevant because if you tell them, if we assume that people are innocent and then we tell them that they're doing something wrong, what we're actually saying in some weird subtext level is that you're not innocent. You did that on purpose. And the correction of your behavior is like your 
culpable for something bad that you did. But the, but in, in Europe, it's you're you're not innocent. You're ignorant. They're like, oh, you just don't know. Like you got on the train and you started acting in a way that people don't act on German trains. So you should you must not know that you're being a jerk. So I'm just going to let you know, and I'm doing you a favor. I'm letting you know that you're being a jerk, and now you cannot do that anymore. And I think that's it's just a huge. It's a very it's a very big cultural difference. And so when people say things like, oh, the, the French are very rude. Like, well, why are the French rude? Well, they're rude because they'll, you know, you're, you're ordering at a restaurant and they just don't like, they, they, they don't think you're right. You know, like, well, that's just, they have an idea for what ordering in a restaurant looks like and you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's just like it's that simple, you know, you're doing it wrong. It's not personal. You're just not doing it right. And they don't mind telling you that. And it's just totally different from what we have in the United States, which is like, you're the customer is always right. You know, it's all about you. It's a, it's a total you focused culture. And over in Europe, it's just not that way. You go into a restaurant. This is someone else's restaurant. It's their place that they have allowed you to come into and they will serve you food in exchange for money. But it doesn't mean you ro- rule the roost. Like if you're mean to the server, they're just going to be a mean right back because this is not, they don't have to put up with your shit. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a different, uh, I could talk about these things like all, all day, basically. Like it's just a different way of conducting a social relationship um, than, than we have here. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you shared that story. I found that very interesting. And, um, you know, you and I have talked about this topic uh, or at least variations of this topic a couple of times, and um, never have you raised or told a story quite like this one, and I think it's a great story. And what, you know, what I like about it, or what I find most interesting about it is just how different, as you've already cited, just how different it is from our culture where we've, we've erred, and, and it's all because of political correctness. We have erred so yeah. far on the side of a, a tolerance. This word tolerance drives me crazy because it's not that I'm ever advocating intolerance or a discrimination or anything like that, but political correctness has taken tolerance so far in a direction that it's, it's eclipsed, it's so far eclipsed its original intent, I believe. And now it's used as license for it, the allowing of idiot behavior and for things, um, I'll give you, I'll give you an extreme and I think a good example. I was watching the news last night and I was kind of flipping back and forth between CNN and, uh, and Fox just to try to get two views of, um, uh, the whole, the whole incident is, the, the current date where we're recording the show is July 10th, 2016. The Dallas shootings of the uh, mm-hmm. police officers happened a couple of days ago, and oh, yeah. um, and so we have these we have these um, follow up protests that are happening in major cities uh, following that. And, and last night I was just kind of again flipping channels, and I don't even know where it was. I think it was uh, Philadelphia. No, I do know where it was. It was Philadelphia, and the camera okay. showed the camera showed this up close angle of this angry mob of people who were predominantly African-American, and they were on the steps of the police, a police station in downtown Philadelphia. There were, you know, uniformed officers who were standing in front of the building 
all of them with their arms crossed, doing their best to not say anything in response. And these protesters were up in the faces of these cops and screaming yeah. and yelling and, you know, die pigs, literally saying that kind of thing. Fuck the pigs, kill the pigs. And um, bear with me here. To me, this is related yeah. to what we're talking yeah. about because it is the allowing of behavior that is so clearly inappropriate that um, to think that that type of behavior is going to elicit any sort of a positive change from the police. If I were a police guy and that crowd was in my face, uh, I think I'd be doing a lot of thinking about, fuck it, I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to start swinging. Or I'm going to pull a weapon and just start shooting because this is bullshit. And I don't want to, I'll stop myself here because we'll open up a massive can of worms, yeah, you know, about yeah, how we got yeah. to this place. Let's stick to the political correctness, the differences between our cultures thing. Um, but, and again, maybe this happens in France too, and I'm just ignorant. That's very possible. But I just think we've become so permissible, so permissive, you know, in terms of uh, kids, kids, uh, kids using inappropriate behavior in front of, uh, you know, a, a, an elderly woman, for example. In our culture, to for me to say to some kid, "Hey, kid, why don't you stop that?" There's a there's a you know there's a woman right here who probably doesn't appreciate that. I would be, I would honestly be a little bit afraid of saying something to some group of sixteen year old kids because oh, yeah. I just oh. know where our culture is and the way our culture is. Anything goes, and if you say anything, you're put you're you're a bigot and you're you're an asshole and, uh, you know, there's just, you can't, you can't be the adult anymore. The kids, I mean that, I'm just using that as a metaphor. You know, the kids are running the, 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 the culture. The inmates are running the asylum at this point. And I love. The inmates are running the asylum. <laughs> they are. I mean, and I love what you experienced there on that train because I think that's appropriate. I think that that's how you, you know, that's how you keep a culture civil and polite and you don't get out of control with letting anybody do anything they want because let's be tolerant you know where does tolerance end if i want to come and break your door down and attack you are you intolerant if you stop me there are people in the world there are people in our culture who i don't i'm not sure how they'd answer that in all honesty I'm really not. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll stop it. Let me, just, let me just accentuate the point I just made, and then you can respond. But there was an incident that happened not that long ago where some guy broke into somebody's house, and um, he was shot and killed by the homeowner. Whoa. And, yeah. um, and the, uh, I don't know if it was the sister and mother of the guy who was shot, they responded on camera. And they're like, how he going to get money for his Jordans? How he going to get money oh, for his stuff? I remember stuff? this video. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. there, there he, was not. I think the actual quote she said was, how he going to get his money? Yes. Sorry. That's, That's what it was. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And uh, I it's think not. That, that blew up on YouTube because there were so many people who were using it as an example of just how ridiculous they were like, how, what, are you kidding? Like, he's, he get, he, it's not like you're defending your kid breaking into people's houses. Yeah, she was. She was. Yeah. And, 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 and 
there was no hint of shame or wrong, and that's what horrifies me is that there's a there's a percentage of our culture that truly believes, lives, and acts in that manner where there truly is no actual sense of right and wrong. Yeah. Well, it is very strange because, I mean, this would draw it back to talking about the differences between sort of... Uh, yeah, talk more about that. ...mores and, yeah, in, in Europe and in the United States, and particularly on the continent. I mean, another example of this is um, I was running through the airport with uh, my girlfriend at the time. We were trying to catch a plane. We were at Frankfurt Airport, uh, which is just a fucking labyrinth. It's like, a, it's like someone designed an airport to be a maze, you know? Wow. Anyway, we're running through this airport. We have to go. And it's tremendously large, by the way. It's a, it's a humongous airport. And you have, to get from one side of it to another takes forever. And we were trying to catch this plane. And we're running through the airport terminal. Uh, and we got we were running down one of those conveyor belt, you know, like Jetsons walkways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Airports have sometimes. And there was a clearly, you know, stand on the right, walk on the left, uh, demarcation on the thing. And there's some lady who's just standing on the left-hand side. And really, she's kind of just standing and really blocking the entire thing. And there's a German man who is behind her. And the reason that I know he's German is because we ran up and kind of were stuck behind this lady and not really sure what to do for a second, which was a combination, I think, of our our American uh, sensibilities of to not talk to or bother anyone else. And then also the fact that we had just gotten off of an international flight and I think had like flight brain going on. And so we right. kind of were stuck behind her for a second. And then the German guy noticed it. And leaned forward and tapped the lady and, and said, uh, and my girlfriend was in front of me. She was the one who was directly stuck behind this woman. And the German guy said, uh, pardon me, but the, the lady is trying to pass you. And he said it just like that. And this woman gave him this weird look and then looked back and saw, uh, you know, my girlfriend behind her and then sort of stepped over to the side and then we ran past her. But that's the kind of thing that it's so strange because I don't know if that, that in this country, that kind of thing invites a vitriolic response from whoever it is you're talking to. Like, so here's another example I'm talking about. Like, so uh, I was walking down the street, and me and my, my current girlfriend, Gloria, were walking down the street in Chicago yesterday, and there was a big group of people who were, I don't know if they were drunk or if they were just being loud or what, but they were all walking down the sidewalk in sort of River North, Streeterville, north side of uh, the Chicago River area of the city, and they were taking up like a whole sidewalk. And we ended up stepping off of the sidewalk into the road uh, just to get around them. But it was a wide sidewalk. And there was just clearly they were not going to give us any space. And it felt like if I had stopped and said, hey, you, you guys, there's other people on the sidewalk, okay? So just be, you know, be aware of that. Maybe be accommodating. I feel like I would have gotten my ass kicked. Like these guys would have been like, are you, are, you, are you fucking trying to tell us what to do? Like, yeah, I'm not really trying to tell you what to do. I'm just pointing out that you're being really rude. And it's it's now like that same similar kind of culture. Like, this is my world, and this is the stuff I'm doing. And I'm just going to wave my dick around and, and you know, just put myself onto other people, and they got to deal with me. And that's just the way that it is, because I'm awesome or something. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm reading into it too far. But the more no. so point is that... There's that feeling of like, boy, if I point this out, I'm in trouble versus I think this really common, simple kind of, hey, look, the lady's trying to get around you. Like, so maybe move out of the way because you're taking up the, you're, 
you, the things that you are doing in the world are affecting other people. And I'm just drawing attention to that fact because you seem to have forgotten it for a moment. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but for some reason, not. it feels like there's something wrong when you do that, when you say that to someone. Yeah. Well, again, it's, it's political culture. That's just run amok. It's just out of control. And, you know, we've done a show, uh, we did, we did our first show on, uh, on political correctness and you, we call it, and we have many more shows planned because this is a, oh, yeah. such a pervasive, it's such a pervasive factor that's influencing so many aspects of our culture in a negative way, in my opinion. That's not to say that all forms of political correctness are wrong or evil. Of course not. It's yeah, just, yeah. The, the perfect analogy I can give you is this. Back in the, I don't know what decade it was, let's call it the 40s or the 50s, uh, American uh, big industry like the auto industry, which, which of course is based here where I live in Metro Detroit, um, unions you know, came into power. And they came into power for a good reason because there were abuses uh, of workers that were taking place and you know, unions were formed for legitimate reasons to uh, deal with legitimate issues. And I think in many respects, they were effective. But you fast forward some number of years, you know, in this case, like 50 years or 40 years. Yeah. And, um, and what started out as a good idea has now become a whole different animal where, uh, you know, before unions kind of got beat down, which they were, but they'd reached this place where it was just common knowledge that they were they were allowing workers to get away with murder in terms of not working. And, you know, you have to file grievances against employees to, to get rid of somebody. And basically, once you had a certain amount of tenure, it was almost like a college professor job. You know, you, you couldn't get rid of people. And productivity suffered and wages went up. And then the Japanese came into town and uh, kicked our asses economically with cars that were better made and cheaper. And I'll stop there. You get the point is that union, yeah. there was a really good reason for the creation of, or, or for the prol proliferation of unions in American business, but they went on to later become a real negative that ultimately hurt the very people they were trying to protect. And I think the exact yeah. same phenomenon is happening with political correctness. There's some real good reasons for it. Racism is wrong. Discrimination is wrong. Prejudice is wrong. But again, I'll go back to something I already cited here in the show. When you can have a group of people standing in front of a cop saying, die, cop. Uh, yeah. I think we've gone too far. I think we've gone too far. Yeah. I think we've gone way too far. And the fact that that doesn't even shock a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people that would watch that film clip that I watched and wouldn't think anything of it. Like, yeah. you know, so the police are out of control and they deserve it and all that. To which I would say, well, again, I don't want to get up on this topic. But even if you're right, that type of behavior is not likely to affect positive change. It just yeah. isn't. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we've, we've I, I actually mean, again, reached. We yeah, we've reached our time here, and we didn't even get to my other topic, which is how. how Shut up. Oh no, 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 no! Save it, save it! Don't no, no! Don't tell me! Don't! I don't want right, to know it. Save right, it for right, the next right, one. Fine. Save all it. right, I will. So, so this has been our first uh, episode of uh, Blindside, and uh, again, as we said in our charter episode, we just like to to riff and we just like to talk and uh, you may like this you may hate it we hope you like it we hope you don't hate it uh we hope you come around for more episodes of unk few and uh here i am signing off from metro detroit i am unk and few signing off from chicago any last words for our listeners on this show uh you just don't hit any cyclists guys keep an eye out yeah off Wiedersehen.
Bye.